Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This independent podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio, bringing you honest and unfiltered entertainment and discussion on the Montreal Canadiens and hockey news. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Putney are proud to be one of your trusted sources. If you are talking about it, so are we. Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This premier independent fan experience podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and brings you honest and in-depth Montreal Canadiens discussion and entertainment. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Pudney are proud to be one of your trusted sources for Habs and hockey news. If you are talking about it, so are we. And welcome to Habs Unfiltered, episode 159. I'm your host, Blaine Pudney. Joined now by my co-hosts, Matt Smith. Good afternoon. And Treg Wilson. Good afternoon. Uh, we, uh, we didn't do our instant reaction uh, episode as soon as the game was done. Um, I, I'm, I apologize to our listeners. I had some sweeping to do. So, just doing my my part for the Canadians. That was awful. Is it? <laughs> so, if you haven't guessed, this is our Hab Sweep episode. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the series. <clears throat> we'll do a look ahead, and uh, we're going to dive into the depths of the salt mine that is Twitter. But uh, what we'll do is we're going to start with. Geez, what do you guys want to start with? You want to start with how was your week? Nah, no one wants that. Let's start with something simple. The Winnipeg coaching staff not shaking hands with the players. I never noticed that, to be honest. I never, I never noticed it was brought up today. I'm just. Did you notice, Matt? I did. I, I, I but I saw, I saw that they, um, I saw that they, um, they shook hands. They, the coaches shook hands. Yes. But. Um, yeah, it was pretty apparent uh, during the line. It's, you know, it's little things you look for because yes, they shook hands at the bench, but usually you see the camera pan on um, coach and coach in the line and maybe a few key players, you know, Carey Price, Shea Weber, et cetera, et cetera. And I didn't see that. Um, obviously we saw the exchange between the goalies and some of the veteran players and everything like that, which you're accustomed to. But um, a lot of people have been talking about this today and um you know, after a, uh, you know, uh, it, it was a hard, it's still a hard fought series, even though, even though it was a four, nothing, uh, a four, nothing sweep, you know, Paul Maurice is a, uh, you know, he's a veteran coach and he knows better than, than to do something like this. You know, you can say that you didn't have your best player. You can say you didn't have one of your top four defensemen, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's been a hard season for everybody. Um, it's been, you know, COVID restrictions, not playing in front of fans for the majority of the season, et cetera. But really, you know, you're, you're, you're a veteran, you're a veteran coach. You've been in the league for a long time. It's a, it's, it's a custom. There's no bad blood really between these two teams other than the um, Evans incident that, that had happened. Um, you know, he knows better. He should, he should have been in that line and it, it just, it just doesn't look good on him or the organization. I think uh, <clears throat> I find it weird because Paul Maurice had nothing but good things to say about Montreal and how they played yeah. against Winnipeg in his post-game presser. 
uh, he just said this plain and simple. They they got beat. They outplayed them. They got beat. Uh, they were the better team, and he kept repeating that through the through the entire thing. So I find it weird that I don't think it was an intentional thing. Really, I don't think that they intentionally said, you know, screw these guys. We're not shaking hands. I think they shook the coach's hand and they figured they were done. Uh, that's the only thing I can say. Like I said, I never noticed it last night during the uh, uh, handshakes. Uh, they was brought up uh, today on Twitter. And I was like, oh, yeah, I suppose. And it, it is weird. You don't normally, and usually everyone lines up. Yeah. Well, um, they didn't do it in the first round with the Oilers. They didn't do it with the Canadians. And some people were saying, well, it COVID, you know, they, they're trying to minimize the, the contact. And sure, I can take that as a, a, a valid point, but other people found video through the years of Paul Maurice and his coaching staff not shaking hands after series. Now, I honestly don't feel like it's a big deal personally, mm-hmm. but I mean, the tradition is you, you shake everybody's hand. And the Canadians coaching staff has shook hands with everybody. So Toronto's did, uh, Edmonton's did. So, so I don't know. It, it, it seems to be a thing for him where he feels like I'm not a player. I don't shake hands. So I can, I can see that part of it. Sure. I don't think it's a big deal. Some people are making it out to be a bigger deal than it is and calling, uh, calling, uh, calling for his head or saying that they lack leadership. And that's a, a class a sign of classlessness. I, I disagree with that. I, I just, for me, it's, he's shaking the coach's hands and I can see the thinking that I'm not a player. I shouldn't do, I shouldn't go out there. I, I can understand that, but traditionally everybody does. So uh, potato, potato, you teach your own. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it's a Maurice thing. Maybe Paul Maurice just doesn't that, do yeah, that. That's his thing. Uh, I don't that's, know. I, I mean, I'm with you, Blaine. It does. I really don't care. It doesn't yeah. bother me in the least. <laughs> and I brought up, I, I quickly brought up uh, Shifley and to all our listeners. I tweeted it last night and, uh, you know, a bunch of other people did as well uh, regarding the suspension because he didn't, uh, because he didn't, um, he, he didn't uh, play the fourth game. He, he didn't, he didn't go through the fourth game of suspension. Um, he's going to be suspended for the first game of the regular season. So for everyone who was complaining that, the suspension should be as long as the injured player is out. Well, now you have that. So Maybe everyone longer. should be happy. Maybe it could longer. Be longer. So everyone should be happy and unless you're a Jets fan. So, all right, we're going to move to the series itself. The four game domination of the Canadians over the Jets. Like it, it was so dominant a series that there should have been a safe word. Winnipeg's still stuck on attack. We're oh, trying to find attack. <laughs> <laughs> they killed, but they're not attacking. Yeah. Uh, like, uh, if you go into Amsterdam, they will give you a safe word before you go into certain bars. The Jets should have had that. That was how dominated they were. And I'm not kidding. You look up, you look up all the XGF numbers. So since 2008, when they started collecting XGF percentages for the playoffs. This series is the highest XGF for any single team in any playoff series since they began recording this stat. Uh, this stat. Ronoff was 100%. Ronoff was 100% in that game. For yeah, he didn't, he didn't allow a single shot. No. Well, there wasn't a single shot while he was on the. I mean, in that last game, it never should have been 2 2. No. Um, uh, Montreal dominated. I think that was one of their best games they've played in this entire playoffs. Um, and good thing they won it for, for Price. Like, Price has held them on his shoulders the entire playoffs. And then this game it went the other way around. Good for Yeah, he, you know. he let in a banana on the second goal. First goal, you can't blame him on the first goal. No. That was bar down. So. It was but, a good goal. Uh, the second one. Yeah. <clears throat> but if you look at video of the second one and you count the white jerseys that are on the ice when the second one is scored, you can count eight white jerseys. So it took them eight players 
to beat that was Vaughn. also that was also right after uh, Paul Byron got hit in the head and uh, got had his had his skull split open. Uh, wasn't that the first? It was one? Shortly after, it was the last game. It was the last game, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, was that the last one? Wasn't that last game? No. Well, oh no, there's a penalty. Anyway, there's a penalty that happened last night. Besides the too many men that should have had a trip. Anyway, never mind. Ignore me. <laughs> I'm just gonna mute myself now. Good. Good. About time. Now, uh. Yeah, Winnipeg only had six goals the entire series. Yeah. We had six, what, 16 shots last night? Yeah. No, I don't think they got that many. Right, and during an elimination game, you got to think, you got to, you know, it, it seems like they were just trying to be too pretty. Like, you had guys that are natural goals, that are goal scorers. Kyle Connor that was trying to trying to thread a needle and make a pass instead of just getting a puck on that. And I, and I think that Price really got in their head with how he was playing you saw the amount of posts that they hit, crossbars, et cetera. They were looking for the perfect shot to beat yeah. Carey Price. And that's essentially and what Logan it took had with one. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. That's what and, that, and then that was a hell of a shot. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they had 16 he, shots. So. Yeah. Okay. And, and they only had five in the third period. You're, you're, yeah. you're tied 2-2 in an elimination game, and you only put together a five-shot third period. Yeah. And Montreal Hellebuck. was all over them in, oh, in, in like overtime. Oh, like a cheap suit. Yeah. Uh, Hellebuck is the reason it went to overtime in the first place. Yeah, good on him. He made, you know, almost, almost Tyler Toffoli. 39 what? saves. I, I loved how Tyler Toffoli kind of went behind the net, waited for, uh, I believe it was Dubois to turn his head, and then came out front. And Caulfield, what a beautiful pass by Caulfield. Absolutely. To, uh, Toffoli. Absolutely. Replay by Suzuki along the boards, though, to, oh. uh, to break it up. And then the work Suzuki to me is just he's his 200 foot game is just getting better and better and better. Yeah. Um, for not a huge guy, 5'11, he's winning puck battles, he's winning board battles, he's throwing body hit, he's throwing hits, he's, he's doing it all. I think the Canadians have a legitimate number one line now with Toffoli, Suzuki, and Caulfield. Those three yeah. to me look like a legitimate number one line. I'm not saying they're world beaters, you know, like you don't have the perfection line of Boston. They're definitely not to the level of uh, Colorado's line with uh, Ranton, uh, Landeskog and McKinnon, McKinnon, but it's, it's a number one line. Yeah. I'm happy with that. Yeah. Now back to, and on the series a little bit more. Um, yeah. They, they completely shut down Winnipeg through this entire series. You, you've got people, and we're going to get into the salty Twitter mind that it, it out there later on, but the, the constant, Oh, the Canadians only won because whatever you cannot tell me that Shifley would have made such a difference that Winnipeg would have had any chance whatsoever of winning the series. Montreal dominated in the first game. Yeah. He was it in was the a lineup. closer score, but Montreal controlled no. the entire game. Yep. So you can't tell me that adding Shifley to that lineup, would have meant that the Jets could have won. There's no way, no way. It maybe it would have extended the series. Yeah, I was gonna say it might have went more than four games. Yeah, but I don't think, uh, and that's why Shifley was so frustrated in that game because the nose line gave him nothing, that's nothing, right. and uh, they just worked as a five man unit up and down the ice. And uh, I want to give credit to the Greybeards, the uh, cycles yeah. that they were doing down in the Winnipeg Jets Inn. They were having a minute and a half long shifts where they were just like toying just, with them. Just eating time, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it, it really came down to, I, I really don't believe that they, they really had a game plan for them. They didn't really say, this is really going to be a threat. You got three veteran, well, two veteran guys and, you know, Army is not that, not that, not, mm. not a slouch. He has, he's been in the league for quite a while, but he's not that old. Um, you know, three slow guys that were that are just gonna you know we're just gonna be able to wear them out end of the series though third fourth and fifth in score yeah i don't think the jets had a game plan for anything with the canadians they they were behind the play all the time um paul maurice did not adjust whatsoever i i realize that losing shifley made you change your lineup but it shouldn't change your game plan you should be able to still attack you still had pierre lixbois but it was Ooh, really only way. game three. It was really only game three where he started making those adjustments of putting Dubois there and then yeah. game four bringing in Stassi, who was playing injured. And Dubois looked like crap the whole uh, the whole series anyway. He had like two or three shifts where he looked okay. Yeah. But other than that, 
And you would really think you would really think that he would have had a like just a fire burning under him to play, you know, be playing in Montreal and everything. But he, he he really was a non-factor, and we saw, you know, Craig uh, Chris Chris Cuthbert brought it up many times. It's like, oh, here here's Dubois with Nate Thompson. Here he is with, um, you know, insert player here. He really played on every line, and he was out. He was out for the game winner as well. He, I don't know. Maybe he was playing injured. Because well he's a better be. player than this. Yeah, he's he, he, de- he, was, he definitely wasn't the player that we saw in the Columbus series. That's for damn he sure. He did miss the first game of the playoffs for due to some injury that he had. Yeah. Um, but he he was a ghost. Yeah. Like he was the exact opposite of what he was last year in the playoffs. Yeah. yeah, he was a monster. So with him doing that, he would have ghosted whether Shifley was in the lineup or not. Stastny was uh, playing injured in the Edmonton series, and he looked okay. Yep. He, he seemed, he seemed, you know, he was behind his normal level of play, but he was still competitive yep. in the games he played against Montreal. Yep. So adding Shifley, you cannot, there's no way adding Shifley would have made a difference in winning that series. Yep. So that, that bullshit argument, well, they only won because Shifley wasn't there. Stop. It's not yep. true. The Canadians dominated that series so profoundly they that did. that was not a difference. They did. And a huge shout out to the defense of the Canadians and even their defensive play as a whole. Anytime that um, Winnipeg got close to the net, they just moved them. And yeah. when it came, when it came to say my prediction for the series or my outlook for the series of what I was looking for, I said, the defense really, really needed to step up on the scoreboard. And they did, they put up 11 points in this series and it just, you know, it, for the most part, they're only playing the four of them. But last night, Eric Gustafson, power play goal. They brought this guy in to make a difference on the power play. And you know what? As much as we razz him and as much as I razz him and I kind of get scared every time he touches the puck uh, when he's playing defensively, he's got better as the series has got on. I think he's gaining some confidence. And, you know, good on him. He played his best game last night. He's the only defenseman to score a goal for the Canadians this playoff. That's right. That's right. You know, he really only had one game where you were like, all right, get this guy out of here. Really, and that was the game where he gave up the shorthanded goal. Yeah, during the play, uh, during the playoffs, during the, during play- the playoffs, during the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, uh, Romanoff, he and Romanoff were the third uh, pairing, but the third pairing never played together. And then no, they never know, saw the ice together. You know, they uh, they made sure that either one was paired yeah. with one of the regular top four. Yeah, and, and I thought for the nine and a half minutes, whatever Romanoff got, I thought he played well. I thought he he you know, well, yeah, he, he played a solid game. He wasn't super fantastic but he wasn't uh he didn't hurt you and he didn't uh he played that game that we all talk about he played the you know the john murrow game where yeah. you just you didn't hear you his name really therefore he had, did yeah. the joel edmondson game you didn't hear his name so he had a good game he he got some he got the pucks to the net when he got a when he got the puck on the blue line he made a safe play he'd he'd shift over instead of throwing a puck into someone's shin pads yeah. he would just do a quick wrist shot after taking a shift over a little bit a couple of feet to find a lane and just make sure the puck gets to the net. He's not looking for the big one-timer or trying to snap one past the goalie. He's just putting the puck on the net for rebounds and ensuring that he doesn't have, have it, you know, kick off someone's shin pad and goes down the other way for breakaway. He was very, and he, his biggest issue in the regular season was extending his shifts too long. That didn't happen in this game. He didn't have a shift that go, that went past the minute 10. And I'm happy Dom Ducharme, I'm happy. I'm really happy. Dom Ducharme gave Jeff Petrie the the night off, and showed he might some have confidence, had to, though. right? And showed some confidence into the in this young player, and and got him in there, and he was you know he was part of the you know the the game for victory, not just on the you know not just up in the stands and going there afterwards in a suit and celebrating with the guys. He was part of that effort. That's true. He was, and he I think he he played a solid game. He was a one hundred percent Corsi four. 100% XGF. He was 100% right across the board. Yeah. Fenwick, Corsi, XGF, everything was 100%. I mean, small sample size. He still, does he still come out of the lineup when Patrick gets back, though? Probably. Yes. Yeah, more than likely. 100% XGF? T- nah, screw it. You're, you're <laughs> yeah. benched. Yeah, but who, who – I mean, having said that, though, you're not going to take Gustin out after the way he's yeah. been playing. Well, it depends who they line up. It depends who they're matched up against because you may mm. want a different kind of defenseman depending on who you play yeah possible yeah so there's there's that possibility and having that one game 
granted it you know it wasn't a lot of time on ice and it was against Winnipeg who for whatever reason just didn't show up he still looked good so maybe now on more on this series um I think it had people used to always say that the Canadians only did as well as Carey Price that's not the case this time no Price was good he was he was very good but he's not the he's not the only reason they won I think it was a team defense that won the get won the games. Carey Price had an easy time in the series. Yeah, like everyone's going to look at his save percentage. And go, oh, he had like a nine fifty eight save percentage in the series. That's because he saw every shot, including every that last one. one that was a banana, yeah. including the That's one right. where he put his glove up and waved at it as it went by. That's right. um, yeah. So as we record, eleven games into the playoffs, he's got a nine thirty five save and a one point nine seven goals against average. He's over the hill. Time to get rid of him. So, as, you know, Trey, I know you've posted this before, and I'll even let you say it. He should uh, wave his nose move. There you go. And, uh, there you go. So <laughs> but, no, it, it's not just the defense either. It's the Canadians are employing a, a, a structured layered forecheck. Yeah. Anytime the opposition, Toronto and Winnipeg included, since the since game four against Toronto, they've they've played this system where they have – a hard four check in with two four checkers in support of the first. So as soon as that first four checker loses, gets, gets flustered, tries to, you know, make a play. Sometimes he'll get past the person. Sometimes he won't second one's there. So they're cutting down any gap. No one can build up any speed. They have to, they have to just dump the puck. There's no controlled exits. There's no controlled entries. It's sloppy play on the other team's part and it makes it easier to defend. So it, the defensive play looks really, really good, but it starts 200 feet away from Price. It's almost like the coach of the Canadians had time to put in a system in place with his players and actually practice it. Yeah, yeah, that whole eight days off before the playoffs, what the hell? Anyway, I, mean, I joke because I am been very hard on Ducharme through this uh through the when he was hired and through his record and that, but I, I'm seeing more of what I hope to see when he first got in there. And it is a direct correlation to more time with his players, not in a game time situation. Um, instead of just working on the little things you need to win the next game, he's working on entire systems that he wants to implement through the entire game. Which I think is a good time to segue from the Winnipeg series to the next one. The Canadians sweeping Winnipeg means that they're going to have five to eight days off. Because as we record, it's uh, it's June, excuse me, June eighth, and the, Winnipeg and Winnipeg, Vegas and Colorado are playing game five tonight. So, at the earliest, we're looking at Monday as game one. So, you're you know five to eight days off. That's that's a significant amount of time with Jeff Petrie having the two dislocated fingers, uh, the, you know, the bumps and bruises throughout the entire lineup, they've got time to heal up. They've got time to do exactly what you said, Treg is to develop further develop their systems and their special teams. I think they need, they still need to do a little bit of work on them, but they've shown up in these playoffs when you have uh, their power play is at over 30%. Their penalty kill is at nearly 100%. Held their penalty kill, gave up two goals, and they've scored three. So the penalty kill is a plus. <laughs> it's still a, a plus, plus for one. the team. Yeah. Yeah. It's three and four, isn't it? Then they gave up three and score four. Mm. They gave up three to Toronto. Oh, there you go. Yeah. yeah. You're still and right. It's still a plus one. It's still, still a plus, a plus one. one. And yeah. they had to yeah. shorthand it against Toronto and three against uh, Winnipeg. Yeah. So still a plus. It's still a plus. Yeah. The power play is a plus. The, the penalty kills a plus. Five on five, they're they're controlling the play. So, you know, seven wins in a row, and this team well, looks like it did at the start of the year. The naysayers will say it's because the North was a very weak division, and it doesn't matter who they played. It's a terrible division, and they're only going through there because of – Blah blah, blah 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 blah. Well, every single division has three or four teams that weren't 
considered playoff teams. So you can you can argue the same thing for every single division. Yeah. Well, look at th- look at the Islanders right now. Islanders came in. Yes, they had a better record than the Canadians. They had more points than them, et cetera. But they were a fourth seed as well, and now they've got Boston up against the ropes. Yep. And now people are complaining that oh. Yeah, look at the NHL. They're going to hand us a Montreal-New York final. I mean, great. Yeah, would be so. fantastic. Yeah, why not? I, I call that. That's what I'm calling. That's yeah, why I'm not? Why not? With my last name being Pudve, seeing the Islanders <laughs> make the final would be great. Watching the Habs make the final would be great. Yeah. You know, it, it'd just be the perfect final for me. And people are afraid, and it's that it's just going to be a trap hockey the entire time. And really, I don't care. I don't care if it's boring hockey. The one nothing win was the boringest hockey game I've seen in the playoffs, I think, since the New Jersey Devils in the 90s. And uh, I was all for it. As long as my team wins, I don't really give a shit what system you play as long as you win the goddamn hockey game. Well, that's the whole point of playing the game in the first place. You're there to win. No one asks you how you won. There's no style points. There's no caveat on a cup saying, up. that one doesn't really count because they played the trap. You, you, you got to entertain, though, Blaine. It's entertainment, Blaine. It's entertainment. They're, the players aren't there to be entertainers. They're, play, they're there to win. Yeah. And if the only way they can win is to do what they're doing, then that's what they'll do. And that's what they should do. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I, I'll admit I am one of those guys that hates when the trap's used against Montreal and complains about it. But... <laughs> If my team's going to use it and win, I'm okay with it. <laughs> but you know you- what? You know, I don't want to. I don't want to get really. I don't want to get into the next series because we still don't know, and why that'll be a whole different show. But honestly, whoever they go against, man, you're either going against the top team in the league or the second best team in the league uh, after the regular season. So let's, you know, Matt, we already we'll beat see, the we'll top team in the league. We beat the yeah. top team in the universe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you remember when the Canadians were supposed to lose to the Leafs in three? That's right. And then get swept by the Jets. Yeah. In two. Remember those days? <laughs> yeah. Anything, I, can ha- anything can happen in the playoffs. I, 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 I'm, I'm with you, Matt. I'm like, I'm looking at the next few teams. And I'm going, man, how are we going to do this? The one? bar, they, they're just going to have to raise the bar that much higher. But with the confidence this team has and the yep. way they're playing as a full unit, yep. now I'm looking at going, this can happen. This this could happen. Like I'm 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 going to sound like a homer here, but. This could be they could be the LA Kings of the 2021 or the, or they the could. St. Louis Blues of the 2021. They it could, could be. be. I mean, and this is where we're going to segue to the Canadians being underestimated. <clears throat> They've been underestimated every step. Yeah. They weren't supposed to make the uh, the playoffs. A lot of people had them mix, and a lot of these uh, professional prognosticators had them missing the playoffs altogether yeah. in a so-called weak division. <clears throat> and the Canadians, despite losing seven of their top players down the stretch, playing the most games in the least amount of time in a, in a condensed schedule already, further condensed where they were playing at least four games every week, found a way and made the playoffs. Then they found a way to beat the Leafs, who were supposedly a, you know, one of the top cup contending teams. Yeah. Then they found a way to beat the Jets, who had swept the Oilers and everyone said, well, the Jets are way too strong. There's no way that the Canadians can beat them. Just every step of the way. I mean, depth matters. Excuses don't. So just, you just show up and do your job. The Leafs lost to Vares. Ignore the three games they won without him. Just ignore all that. Yeah. They won three in a <laughs> row without John Tavares. Yeah, so the Leafs, they lost Tavares. That's why the, that's why the Leafs lost. 100%. Ignore the three wins. Ignore them. They don't matter. And I counter, if you couldn't win without Tavares and you couldn't win with Matthews, trade Matthews. Find Walmart. something to help Tavares. Yeah. Obviously, he's your, he's your, he's yeah. your key guy. If we're going to get creative with our, uh, with our bullshit and our excuses, there you go. Tavares is the guy to win it for you, and Matthews is the guy that lost it for you. So it's get the only game guy. Tavares played they lost even though he only played like a period. He of didn't play very much. <laughs> Just saying. But they still won three in a row without him. Correct. So they didn't lose the series because he wasn't there. They lost the series because that team has no killer instinct. No. You, know what, you know what Toronto could have used? A Perry. Corey Perry. 
<laughs> Instead, they went with Simmons for twice the price. Good call. Good call. And he turned down Montreal, apparently. So for more money. You know what? Sometimes he, I, I, I think we're going to see these veteran bargain contracts become yeah. a little bit more of a common thing. Some, you know, some of them are going to work. Some of them won't. Um, as much as a feel good story, it would have been for Joe Thornton. He was really a non-factor in the series. He was really, a, for the most part, busy was injured and, you know, he can't really keep up with the Matthews line anyway to put him on the wing. Um, you know, sorry to say, like, you're a hell of a player. You're going to be a Hall of Famer, but you weren't really a, you weren't really too much of a factor on the team either. And then you've, you, you've got a guy like uh, Spezza who was put on the taxi squad and then threatened everybody that said that they might pick him up, that he would retire if he gets picked up. And hats off to him. He played phenomenal. And he looked really good during the playoffs. He was one of their best players. Him and Neil were the two best skaters. Absolutely. Yeah. And Spezza should have played more. But their coach did not. That's right. Make adjustments. Nope. Not at all. He wanted to win with Matthews and Marner. And they're, because they're coaching and managing using the advanced statistics only. And when he should have went with uh, Hyman, Nylander, and Spezza should have been a line. That should have been your top line right there. They were because the ones their that advanced were put- stats may not have looked as good as some of the other guys, but any time they had the puck or they were on the ice, they were noticeable. They were doing those little things that there's not really many stats for, and it was harder to play against them. And they were producing, and they were pushing the pushing the play down the ice. The puck may not have been on their sticks all the time, but the puck was in Montreal's zone almost all the time when they were there. Yeah. So speaking of the Leafs, I breaking news, I'm fully vaccinated now. So I was like, so I'm sitting, I'm sitting on my couch with my half sore arm. And for some reason, the Leafs lunch was on TV. I don't know why. Okay. This is an English language. This is what, this is what came up on the Leafs lunge. This was the quote. They said the reward for 82 games isn't there. Well, we only had a 56 game schedule. Exactly. But the conversation was that the team that, you know, wins the president's trophy, you know, wins the conference, whatever, should have an easier go when it comes to the comes to the playoffs. So playing the lowest seed with a home That's ice exactly advantage it. isn't enough. That's exactly it. You're playing home exactly. You got home ice advantage. You're playing the lowest seed. You're supposed to be this juggernaut that rolls through everybody else. Nine times out of ten, like the Leafs, they went out and said, "Let's let's get rid of all our depth players. Let's trade away our future. Let's get rid of all our draft picks." We'll go out there. We'll pick up all these other all these other players. We'll stack our lineup, and we'll hope for the best. And it did not work out for them. So what it really comes down to is that if you can't produce in the playoffs, and you lose to a bottom seat team, you deserve it. Like so, what you're saying is what you're saying is Leafs lunch decided that they were going to complain that the the Leafs weren't given it. a larger advantage than you could say that what they, they, they even have. they even they even talked about giving the giving the team a buy in the next round it's like no why right like they don't do that in a regular season and the no. playoffs are the same as any regular season just that's right you just get to amp up you get to play that much harder and if you can't do that and you can't you know i've said it many times and some people say to me well it's not different i'm like yes it is different you know, the playoffs is its whole, uh, a whole other animal. It really is. And if you can't bring that energy to your lineup or your, or your, or the players don't show up when it matters most, it doesn't matter. We, we saw it with them with, uh, with Edmonton in the first round, who cares if you've got a player that puts up a hundred points in 50 some games, if you don't produce in the playoffs, you're golfing just like the rest of them. You know, who and, wasn't complaining after getting swept in a first round and winning a president's trophy, Tampa. Okay. What did Tampa do the next year? They got they that made their much team stronger. Better. Yeah, they made their and team they got that much stronger. Yeah, and yeah. now they, they're possibly knocking out Carolina tonight. They shut their mouths. Yeah, realized, hey, maybe it's just us, and not the entire league against us. Yeah, we don't. You know, like it, this is, it's it's the typical. And, and I'm not lumping all Leaf fans together in this no, because there's a ton of great Leaf fans. Fantastic Leaf fans out there. But this is just the typical 
you know, media trying to push something, trying to keep, keep the leaf talk going so they can keep cashing in and leaf fans eating it up going. Yeah. Yeah. We should get more. They should do more to help Toronto. Cause we're the, we're the center of the hockey universe. Why don't we get six of the seven games at home with a yeah. two nothing lead to start every game? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Like how much more do you need? <laughs> well, Bergevin said it best. You get players that get you through the regular season and you get players that get you through the playoffs. Bergevin loaded up on players that get you through the playoffs. Yeah. He bet the bank that they were going to make the playoffs and they, they squeezed in. It was touch and go there. They did. They really and, did. Uh, but he yeah. bet the bank that they were going to be good enough to make the playoffs and they made the playoffs. And now if you think about it, every move he made this year, in the offseason or at the trade deadline has helped the Canadians get through the first two rounds of the playoffs. And they did it without giving up the future. And they still That's have right. 11 draft picks going into the draft, which now that they're into the next round and Arizona having to forfeit their first round pick, it's going to be anywhere between 27 and 31. No, it's yeah. 28 right now. So they went from 17th. Well, it's 27 because Arizona doesn't have a pick. No, no, 28. 28, yeah, but 29, 30, 31. So 28. So if they don't move yeah, on to the it's final, 28. it's yeah. 28. So for, yeah. they went from they went from 17 to 28 by winning this series. And I'm sure there's going to be some people that are upset that they've dropped 12 spots, but yeah. the experience yeah. that this team put together for their young players is yeah. worth it's that worth drop. it's worth those for sure. And 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 we never know. We might see they've got um They've got five picks, five picks in the in the first three rounds. We might even see some of these later picks moved on for either future picks in 2022, where they might have the opportunity to maybe scout some of these players a little bit better, um, or we might see uh, we might see some deals go down, or, especially when it comes to the uh, expansion draft. Or what you could see happen because of the lack of games, you could see uh, a lot of draft lists get blown up. Yep. And some really good players slipping down to That's those. Right. That's right. There's right. that possibility yep. too. It's yep. not all 100%. doom and gloom here. No, nope, you not. could end up with a really, really good player with those three picks that they're going to have yeah. uh, in the first and second. Yeah. So maybe Bergevin well, will reach out to Toronto and be like, "You have no draft picks. Do you yeah. want a seventh? It works. What are, they, what are they going to get? Galchenia? We will take Marner off your hands for a seventh round pick and Paul Byron. Oh, they got to eat 50% of that cap, though. (laughs) And then they can just be like, we got Jake Evans, and we got Caden Primo with seventh-round picks. You can do the same. We will give you Thomas Tatar and a seventh-round pick. Deal! Tatar's a UFA. Sucks to be you, (laughs) Dumas. Now, back to being underestimated. This this comes back to being underestimated. This is why, you know, Leafs Lunch, they're going on about this they look at this series that Toronto lost because in their minds, because they were up three, one at that point, this was a guaranteed easy tap in win. This is something that should have happened. They were predestined, but it didn't follow through. So now they're trying to find excuses and the Canadians were sorely underestimated in that series to the point, even now, even after the Winnipeg series that they were underestimated, Tyler Toffoli at the end of that, at the end of the Winnipeg series last night said, it kind of feels like nobody believes in us. So the only people we have is ourselves, our fans and our friends and family. So we're sticking together. We're playing as one. We're winning games and having fun. I think that right there is why the Canadians are on their role. They see themselves as an us against the world. They're, they're rallied together. They have their game plan. They're each player, each line, Ducharme sat each line down and walk them through exactly what role each line is going to have. And each line bought into that role and is paying off. And they're playing this us against the world mentality and they have confidence now. I think that is the main reason why they're, they're playing above what's expected of them. And if you think about it, they got a bunch of players that aren't even playing up to par. Anderson's yeah. not playing up to par. Gallagher's not playing up to par. Um, Weber is Tatar's not in the lineup. Tatar, well, Tatar's not a playoff guy, so he cannot be. Yeah. But uh, the point I'm making is, is imagine if Anderson wakes up or gets over whatever. In, imagine if he's Caulfield injured, what, scores a goal finally. Caulfield yeah. hasn't scored a goal. Uh, 
Kotyemi's gone kind of he was quite, pretty kind of quiet in that jet series um except for the first game there and you know what i mean but and not quiet on the score sheet i'm not saying they're not playing well on other aspects other of their game yeah yeah uh like uh um that Kotyemi line is is still pretty good defensively they're they're yeah. they're they're doing their job that they need to do they're just not putting the puck in the net and that's fine and they're crushing the defenders they're yeah. hitting they're finishing every single check yeah. And uh, you look at the, I mean, I am blown away by the great uh, usage of the defense that, uh, that uh, Richardson, uh, Richardson and uh, Deschamps are doing with that defense. I, I think that def- their defense, I think, is the reason why Carey Price is looking so good in these playoffs. Um, not, and I'm not taking away from Price. Don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not taking away from Price. He's a but especially in, that, especially in that Winnipeg series, they made it easy for Price. It was easy uh, for Carey Price to uh, play those games. And, and if I mean, they did have a breakdown, he made the save. He made the save. I mean, Arpin Basum had the perfect question for Price. Um, and I'm being sarcastic. Um, is it hard when you don't face a lot of shots? And the look on Price's face was priceless. He was just like. <laughs> that was pretty funny. We won, didn't we? <laughs> Next question. Yeah, it was at that level where someone asked him about his blocker side. You you let in three goals on your blocker side. He's like, so you're telling me I need to work on my blocker side? Okay. <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> like, you're not getting a ton of shots. How does that feel? Uh, good. <laughs> so so with how good Canadian the the Canadians have been playing and how good Price is playing, I think we can all say that. Sean Burke was good to bring in. Yeah, I mean, Berkey is. It seems to be working right now. Yeah. He's lit. It, it's made some difference. It's made a difference. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. Well, like playing, like I said, confidence. every move. Bergman's either a man from the future who came back, seen the future, and came back, or he's a, a savant that because every move he made this season, even though it looked bad at the time. And it continued to be bad in the regular season, ended up being a pure gold in the playoffs. Yeah, and and but, shout out to Bergevin and his red suit. Oh, it looks, it looks the like the Joker. Joker. Suit. I just I just picture him going down those stairs and doing the dance and everything like that. Yeah. And I'll let Blaine. I'll segue on to awesome suits. To John Luce suit with John Luce suit. Well, why why segueing to me? I didn't wear it. Well, you're the one that reported. <laughs> did I report it? No, John broke it on the show. Well, well, yes, but you shared it. <laughs> <laughs> I shared it, and what a suit it is! My it God, it really is. It really is. If he, it, it only, it would only look better if he had like that Eastern European gangster look to it. <laughs> <laughs> he was just doing one of those, so doing the squat with the you know? <laughs> <laughs> big chain. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like the you know the the. The cheesy B movie Russian mafia look, oh, yeah, Eastern European jumpsuit <laughs> thing. Yeah, it would look that much better if it had that that feel to it. But yeah, when I was when I was in Cyprus, and if you were uh, if you if, if if you were security for something, that's what you were wearing. <laughs> cheap suit, cheap suit, ninety nine, ninety nine, cheap suit. <laughs> oh yeah, reminds me of Turkey when you're going to the souks and you're like, oh, Adidas, Adidas, Adidas suits, yeah, Adidas suits. <laughs> No, I'm good, thanks. No, I want to and keep that, my money. And Adidas is spelled wrong. Yeah, <laughs> that's weird. There's not two E's in Adidas. Yeah. Um, that's that's why I buy Reeboks and uh, my Ralex. Uh, iPhoney. Buy an iPhoney. Yeah, buy a Sorny. Yeah. But uh, back back to the the Canadians here. Um, I mean, people uh, they're on on Twitter. People are asking. It's tough to explain how the Habs, who are so mediocre for most of the season, have suddenly become playoff heroes. And my answer to that is pretty simple. It's easy. They're finally healthy. They're rested. Yep. Um, and they bought into their system. That that's There you go. All those moves that you mentioned with Bergevin made paid off. Like He gambled, and he gambled hard. <laughs> but it paid off so far. And they're not playing six games a week. The playoffs, the playoffs are supposed to be the harder part of the seat of this, the scheduling. 
but it's with, simpler for them than it was in the regular season. Yeah, and with this series, you can you can make the you can make the um, the argument that they were playing that much harder because of the Jake Evans incident. Um, you know, they might be playing that much harder because they're missing Jonathan Troy. Who knows? Yeah. Some you know that they've got to these veterans in the lineup. They've got they've got Stall. They've got Perry. They got Kerry Price. They got Shea Weber, etc. Um, and and these are the guys that are really stepping up. And obviously we don't know what's being said on the bench. We don't know what's being said in the locker room, but whatever the hell they're saying and whoever's stepping up, it's working. I mean, they're, they're just playing their system. I think they made it look easy against the jets. They made it look easy. The jets didn't 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 put up much. No, no. And and you mentioned that after game three, you're like for a team that's on the, the ropes, they don't seem to be really trying too hard to, I expected way more, way more out of them. Oh, and and even in the last game, I mean, it that game game four would have been a joke if Price didn't let in that weak goal. Yeah, it would have been a joke. Or if um, if Hellebuck hadn't stood on his head. Yeah. Yeah. Did we all have the Canadians win the series? Yes. Yes. So I had them in six with one overtime. I had them in six. With no, I didn't know. I don't know if I said an overtime. I think you said two overtimes. If I remember, did I? I had him in seven with a couple overtimes. You had him in seven with a couple overtimes. I bet you nobody had them in four. (laughs) Well, no, because nobody expected Winnipeg to show up and roll over onto their backs to show their bellies. Well, it's it's because Shifley wasn't there. Yeah, that's that must be it. Um, Now, moving from that to segue to the salt mine that is Twitter. So. Apparently, according to people in Toronto, celebrating after winning the second round is stupid. And to that, I say, I'd like to see what happens when you finally win a round. Because you, Toronto is going to lose its crap. Absolutely. You know what? They've, they've been knocked around for, for, you know, for 17 years now, whatever the hell it is. They haven't won a series when it finally happens, whether it's against um, the Canadians, whether it's against Boston, whether it's against anyone. whoever, anyone, the the fans are gonna celebrate, and the media is gonna shit a chicken. They're just gonna freak out, right? It's just yep. the way that it's gonna be. But it, the Canadians fans celebrate. I hope you like that analogy. But I hope you like yeah, yeah. that. Analogy. I really want to see Sid Sixerio shit a chicken. I really want to see this. <laughs> that is the most New Brunswick saying I've ever heard. But. The, the Canadian fans in the streets of Montreal celebrating had, I think, more to do with the fact that the pandemic's coming to a close. Yeah. People have been locked up in their damn apartments and houses yeah. and kept to themselves. This is the first time in nearly two years where they could they can let loose. That's right. And the Canadians are moving on to the third round. Yeah. So, yeah, you put all that together and people in Montreal are known to be more jovial anyway yeah they're they're all out for a good party so yeah. boom and, and yes we saw there were some there was some footage of people being idiots but you know what yeah. that's gonna happen with any fan base there's gonna be that select few you've got you know fans fighting in the in, you know in front in, in front of the bell center during the during the celebration that could have been about anything who knows people were drinking it's gonna happen just look it's, what happened in toronto after they won their championship with the Raptors. Uh, the Raptors. There you yeah. go. People were shot. So yeah. Every city across the globe when that local uh, when that local team does something, they celebrate. Yeah. And every single time you're going to have a handful of morons That's right. make the others look bad. Yeah. It happens every time. You do not lump everybody in to one group. And why not celebrate? I mean, they yeah. literally didn't think they were getting past the first round. Yeah. And now they're going on. Now that they are crowned Canada's champion Yep. This was said today on Sports Kings Net. of the North. Kings yep. of the North, and they're going to they're the they're in the they're the one of the last four teams in the league still playing. Yeah, yeah. Like celebrate, go! I was celebrating. I was happy. Yeah, and yep. we talked to, and we talked about this many times. And Treg, you said it quite a bit. Their Stanley Cup was beating the Leaves. Now really? anything else is gravy. Anything else is extra. Now they sweep the Winnipeg Jets. Now they're on to the semifinals. It's, 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 it's quite the story. Imagine what it's going to be like if they go to the Stanley cup finals. Oh, it's going to be insane. It's going to be insane, but that's the fans, the players themselves. And this is what Shea Weber said last night after the game. Um, 
asking what this team has shown the hockey world. And he responded with nothing yet, to be honest. Uh, it's a step in the right direction towards the ultimate goal, but they can't be satisfied. So yeah, it's great that you won the North division and you've moved on to the third round, but for the players, they, to me, this, this screams, we have something to prove to everybody and they're out to do it. So yeah, on paper, whether they play Vegas, whether they play Colorado, those two teams should be the favorites, but every single series so far, the Canadians have been the underdogs and they love that role. So I wouldn't count them out. I'm not, I wouldn't bet against them. No. They may, they may lose that series, but I don't think it's going to be the, uh, the easy rollover that, you know, everyone thought it was going to be when they played the Leafs or when they played the Jets. And you know what, win or lose, whether it's a rollover, whether it's a four game suite or seven game series, I'm just happy, man. They, they beat the Leafs. They won. They, they dominated the jets. They look like the team I was hoping they would be. Uh, and I'm just, I'm not, I was never expecting them to win the cup. So let, let's, let's just look at it this way. We all predicted at the first of the season, they were going to be a, a playoff team. Yep. And we all said, I think they'll do really well in the playoffs. We all said that if they make the playoffs, Blaine, I think you said they're a bubble team. They should make it, but they're going to battle back and yep. forth with whoever, right? Yep. Fair assessment, because that's exactly what happened, right? Um, and But we all said if they do make the playoffs, look out, because I think they're they're built to, to do well in the playoffs. And they have. They've done everything we expected. They've done nothing more than what the, the management came out the first of the season. So the management said we are a playoff team. Anything can happen in the playoffs, yep. right? Never came out and said, oh, we're a cup contender. Look at our team now. We're all in. We're all in. Because they weren't. They, no, well, they're, and they're, they're, and they're not. And they're not all in. They said they were, that they were a playoff team and anything could happen. And that's yeah. that's what's going on. And I said at the start of the season that this team could win one or two rounds. Once if they made if they, once they're in, they could easily win one or two rounds. And to me, no matter what happens from here on in, what they've shown is progression. Yeah. So last year, they, they won a play-in round. I mean, I know blah, 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 COVID, whoppity splash. They still had to beat Pittsburgh to move on to the playoffs. And they did. Who were a good team. Who were a good team. They finished seventh. They were seventh in the NHL. And they're they a healthy them. team. And, and they they're were healthy. healthy. Yeah. And they beat them. Then they gave, they gave a scare to Philadelphia. Yeah. Then they came out in the offseason, did a little tinkering. And we said, okay, this team should be better. This year... They've won two series. So that to me, that's progression. So what this does, whether they win or lose, I think this shows to free agents around the NHL, this is a team on the rise. Look at our young guys. Yep. Look at our, our core veterans. This is a team that's, if they don't win anything this year, they're close to it. So if you join us, you might get that chance at a cup. Yep. So you might see some big names shift to the Canadians. But Bergevin can't do after this Eastern Conference Final or semifinal, whatever you want to call it this year, like he did after the last one. Because after the last one, he didn't improve on the team. No, he has to make he has to make he, adjustments, and it has to be on that blue line. Yeah. He has to get the PMDs in. That's what he yeah. has to do. So we're getting ahead of ourselves. Yep. The season is still not done. The Canadians are in the third round. They're just waiting to see who they're going to play. Um, I think that pretty much covers it for this episode. Uh, it's the post- Jets series episode so we're going to have one we're going to kind of uh, look ahead and we're going to have a we'll probably have a special guest in for that one we won't announce it yet but uh, we'll just let our listeners know that it's someone special it's someone all Habs fans have been loving recently hint hint but you'll uh, you'll find out in the next few days when we uh, we're not going to do the daily show any uh, a daily show right now because the Canadians are playing, but um, all right. So final thoughts, Matt. I just like to thank all of our, uh, all of our new followers that have, uh, that have pushed us over 3,200. Uh, make sure that you check us out on, uh, on, um, on Apple, on Spotify, et cetera, anywhere that you can really uh, find podcasts and uh, Blaine, you should probably bring up the, um, the charity. Really quick. I do what I want. <laughs> all right. No, no, Treg, you go next though. I'm being nice. You go next. Uh, I just want to know if the playoffs were Top Gun, are the Jets goose? Well, they're dead, so yeah. 
because know what happened? The Canadians hunt, attacked, and then killed. That's how in the order you're supposed to do yeah. it, not hunt, kill, attack, like the Jets had on their their sign. Yeah, I got nothing. Uh, don't forget our codes, unfiltered twenty, ten uh, percent off Built Bar, twenty percent off uh, East Coast Lifestyle, and thirty five percent off your fees for Seat Giant. Nailed wow, it. He nailed that. Fourth tries a charm. Tina was probably like, go to bed and stop saying this over again. <laughs> Tina's probably behind the camera right now holding the sign up for him to read. Exactly. <laughs> oh, actually, there's a wall there. Uh, I, have, I, have it, I have it up on a wall on a card. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And so, yes, Matt, we do, we do have a charity thing going on right now. The, uh, the podcast, Habs Unfiltered, is providing $25 for every Montreal Canadiens playoff win to the uh, Canadians Children's Foundation for underprivileged youth. Uh, we're now at $200 and counting. So if the Canadians can pull off another series win, that's $300. We've got $400 set aside. So Montreal Canadiens, this is on you. You got to win it for the kids. Win it for the kids. Oh, also we have a bonus $25. There was a little friendly wager between Habs Unfiltered and our friends over at Offside Hockey, a Leafs podcast. Great people, definitely worth a follow. Yep. Uh, they are not—they're not their typical Leaf homers. These these are these are really good, smart hockey people. They just happen to follow the Leafs. We overlook that. We're we're friends with them. They're providing twenty five dollars to the foundation after losing the bet when Toronto lost the series. And I want to thank a certain, uh, the hockey writers, Toronto writer who uh, had a hundred dollar bets with me uh, <laughs> that the Leafs were going to win. And I'm going to turn that hundred dollars over to the uh, charity. So we're just piling on money to the Canadians because they're winning. So that's, keep winning. that's 325. Yeah. So far. So I'll put another 75 on that, make it 400. There's still $200 left on the board for them to, to there take we go. from us. There we go. I'll put a 75 bucks in, put us up to 40, 400 yep. bucks. Or they, bucks. Or 400 eight bucks. More, eight more wins. Yeah. Montreal Canadiens, it's on you. Eight more wins, you get $200. more yeah. Think of the kids. So uh, I want to thank all our listeners. Kids. Yeah. <laughs> so I want to thank all our listeners. Uh, you guys have been great. Uh, you're interacting with us. We're having a great time online. Um, on social media. I think it has a lot to do with the fact that the Canadians have done something the Leafs haven't done in 20 years and that's win two series. Um, so yeah, thanks for listening. And uh, remember if you are talking about it, so are we. Do you have a problem getting big city slams? Are you not getting the gains at the gym? Well, don't mortgage your future on rental supplements. Get Bergie Arms. Bergie Arms will get you the gains you need. Bergie Arms gets rid of all the bad attitude and builds better character so you can get the gains you need. Get Bergie Arms, Bergie Arms, Bergie Arms today. Not a real project. May, t- may make you trade your favorite player for a mountain man. Do not use, if you're healthy, if you want to loyalty, buy a dog. Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundal from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network.
I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have faults. He had the same amount of faults as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com.